Welcome to the Draft Doctors Fantasy Footy Podcast with your hosts, John Crockett, Steve Fizz, and the Statesman. G'day listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. I'm your host, Stevie Fizz. Well, this week, you can call me Flo Rider, because we're going low, 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 low. And my first guest, he's a man who loves apple bottom jeans and boots with the fur. That's Cam McLaughlin. Oh yeah, I love some apple bottom jeans. And I, to be honest, I've never known what that is. It's strange, isn't it? I, I, I get boots with the fur is quite self-explanatory, right? And you know, Stato's got a few pairs, but I, I don't quite get apple bottom jeans. It's not that sort of shape. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> He's a man who's all about the baggy sweatpants and the Reeboks with the straps. Of course, that's the Statesman. I'm just having a look. I have I have got a pair of Reeboks here. There you go. Uh, I didn't even know that. Right next to them. Right next to the boots yeah, with the fur, yeah, I would right suggest. Next to, right next to. <laughs> all right, man. Yeah. <laughs> good intro. That's That was it? That was the yeah, intro? It was good. Yeah. <laughs> well researched. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Something in the can, at least. Anyway, listeners, <laughs> that's right. We are talking to the listeners, not just uh, amusing ourselves. Um, so we're going low on this one. This is a this is a bit of a different pod. We, we, every draft, you're filling out your team with the vets. They're not sexy. You're going to pick one. Uh, it can't all be upside plays. So you've got to pick some names, whether they're big names you think can get back to glory days, whether old guys, whether they're injury-prone guys. Uh, whether they're just role players who have been good in the past. So we're going to talk about these guys. Bit of a new show, something we haven't done before, because uh, they're, they're relevant. Or maybe they're not. Mm. Who knows? Uh, we are going to talk about a couple housekeeping announcements first. Uh, the Listener League, entries in by the end of the month. We have got a couple entries. How People good. are making dioramas. Uh, very good. How very good. good stuff from the listeners. I'm impressed. Uh, did notice that second one. It wasn't in a shoebox. It was in a tool box. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah so it says, a, says yeah. a bit there. Anyway, that is happening. So if you're in Melbourne, uh, we will be doing the live draft at the end of February. Try to win your spot. Make a diorama. Make it relate to the show. Can't relate to other things. Has to be show specific. Uh, Crypto.com has sponsored the AFL. Cam, you're a big, uh, you're a big crypto guy. You're mining away. Yeah. My- well, I mean, I, I love that it coincided with a, a chop in. Uh, they, they got hacked the day of the announcement, which is just about the most nuffy I've ever seen Essendon supporters, to be honest. But um, yeah, it was. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, B- it's Bitcoin's fine. in the cam. Can can. Oh, it's oh. all in you. It's just. It's all in me. I would love all the Bitcoin in me. Um, <laughs> What's what's going to happen when out. Bitcoin's worth like five bucks by July? Well, man, a lot of people are going to lose their ass. I would say. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty dire at the minute. Lots of crash. Lots of crash. Anyway, uh, and Jack Darling and Cam Ellis Yolman onto the onto a list because they're not getting the shots. Huge. Yep. What do you do? Like Cam Ellis Yolman, they signed for four years, I think. At the lock hands, it's a didn't work out. Not very fantasy relevant, but interesting and uh, yeah, interesting times. Hmm. Uh, anyway, we are talking these late round journeyman, veteran, whatever types. Stato, hit us with your first man. Yes, I'm going for one um, that I'm not hot on, 
Um, but he did have an ADP of 98 last season. I'm talking about Adam Saad, and I'm definitely not hot on this one. Um, um, and I think owners would have expected so much better last year. But let's face facts. The only reason he was so high from 2020 was the COVID impact, which created shorter quarters. And he was one of those that actually gained that higher percentage of game time. And there was no other reason that we saw almost a 20-point jump in his averages. This guy is a mid-60s defender. So we've got we've to accept that, yes, Supercoach, he's much better. For some reason in Supercoach, you, you get points for bouncing a ball, you get points for running at um, increased speed of 8.7 metres per second. And when your arsehole is at 45-degree angle from the ground, you seem to get points for that. But in AFL Fantasy... He's a mid-60s guy, not an 80s guy. The 1.25% increase helped his brand in the fantasy world, and the reality is he's not that guy. Yeah, it was absolute. It's really interesting watching some of these outlier guys come back to earth. And maybe even more fascinating, Sato, is I'm watching... Uh, the story get told as to why some of them dip, that they'll bounce back this year. Not to say they're sad. Um, Are you noticing that too? Oh, absolutely. And and the reality, so Lockie Neal's a classic example. He was always a 99 to 108 guy. And I've always loved Lockie Neal. In fact, the only season I didn't start him in hashtag off-brand classic uh, was 2020. Um, unfortunately. But the reality is, uh, for the first half of the season, he was playing 98% game time, and that's just beyond ridiculous. But because the quarters were shorter, he only needed that sort of minute break in the quarter and you can blast out again. So um, obviously the, the, the gurus in the in the sports science manage some players really well, but Adam Saad's a classic example of that. So unless the quarters get shortened, these guys aren't bouncing back. They're not doing it. So Saad is not an 80s guy, and Lockie Neal is not a 120 guy. Do you think it, it, um, it's kind of curious, with yes, the COVID thing, but the, the year after Saad you know, has his best season during COVID, then leaves the club and they bring in Nick Hind, and Nick Hind kind of playing a similar role goes all right, you know, at the Bombers up. Do you think it could have been Roll as well? No, no, no. Nick 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 Hines okay. uh, a bit of a different player. Um, and Saad is always looking to be the link player, so he's not earning his own footy generally. Where Nick Hind mm. earns his own footy. Okay, good one. Yeah, like that. Uh, like that call. Certainly an easy one. Maybe you can pick him up and stream him. When there's some uh, COVID absences. Uh, Cam, who are you got? Speaking of uh, COVID year, uh, career years, uh, Dylan Scheel, who uh, in the Corona Ball had an absolute blinder. Again, just massive benefit from the shortened game time. But then statistically speaking, in 2021, had his worst season since 2013. 
almost across the board, he regressed. Even when comparing to the shorter format, he regressed. There was a statistic around, I think it's actually just his disposals. He had about four less per game than in the shorter game, which is is probably not good signs. Uh, generally been a low 90s type mid for most of his career, so he's, he's not someone who's going to set the house on fire, but he has been known to pop out a 150 every now and then where he just absolutely brains it, but it's pretty few and far between. Does have that good ceiling, though, which is a pretty good selling point. I just think, sorry, I I was going to wait till you finish, but I think he is a guy that does bounce back. He's one of those that do, and it's not bouncing back to the 2020 level. It's bouncing back to the prior uh, 2020 level. So he had some um, injuries, some some issues during pre-season, and some interruptions throughout the year. So he was never at full capacity. So that that's why you have such a drop with his disposals. I I completely agree with you, right? So there and the rest of my talking points are all about how he yep. bounce Sorry, back. Man. So it's a no, oh good. Like it's a it's a very good point and I'm I'm glad that you see it as well, right? That a lot of the talk around in fantasy circles at the minute is, you know, there's so much competition in that bombers midfield. You know, he's getting long in the tooth. Look at his average from last year, not so good. You know, he's regressing. Um, maybe he has to play a bit more forward. All of those types of comments, I just think, need to stop. We've got to remember that in 2020 and before, he was one of the best clearance players in the comp. Sure, one of those clearances wouldn't... A lot of them didn't <laughs> hit targets, but he he is one of the best clearance players in the comp. He was fourth in 2020 for clearances per game, ninth in 2019, third in 2017. He's he's an outstanding clearance player. Um, to that point, he's only 29, so he's not 32 or, or something outrageous. There's still a couple of good years there in him, and I would suggest he's probably not going to be the first, second, or third player they move out of the mid. He'll he'll be in the mid. He doesn't have another role. Um, and to your point, Stato, if he gets a full preseason under his belt, he definitely has that upside to get back to where he was in 2019, 18, 17, 16, 15. But he won't reproduce what he did in 2020. Do you think they'll do everything in their power to make him look at his best? In other words, give him the midfield role so he's got great trade value. When's his uh, contract up? Well, you know? they, they were certainly keen to trade him at the end of this year, so I'm unsure when it is. But um, the reality is he's worth so much more if he is under contract. So uh, either way, it works for Essendon if they make him the best possible player. So coming off a bad year, your value's low. So hence they didn't get any offers that they thought was um, acceptable. I mean, let's face it, he's a... He's an 18-year-old player at Geelong. Yeah, well, and that's when I was looking at 29. I was like, "That's the that would be the youngest player in our <laughs> midfield. And that's not even a joke. Cam Guthrie is the youngest player in our midfield at 29. Uh, the, anyway, so his contract is out at 2024, end of... Uh, so there's a fair bit there, and you, you know it's a back-end deal because that was all the rage when he signed that giant deal. So that's probably that would have contributed to why they wanted mm, to back-end. My only problem with my only problem with what Stato said, and and maybe it's a good point, is 
I think that's a da- that'd be a dangerous game to play if you should be in the hunt to to play some serious finals footy like maybe we could expect Essendon to be doing. Maybe. Yeah. Serious finals footy yet? They, they, if I looked at their team, I'd sus- suspect that they're starting to make one of those sustained finals runs. Mm. You know, they got in, I know they lost last year, but if you looked at their team, they got a lot of good young pieces there, some guys coming into their prime. I would have thought that they'd be looking to make a sustained finals run over the next few years. Yeah, but what I was sort of saying is the end of the day, let it match your needs. I don't think they're a premiership chance this year. So if they lift a couple of players' trade value that actually helps continually build that list, then that's a positive. So you get the win-win scenario. And and let's face it, it is what whatever it is, 5,000 days or whatever the case may be since they actually won a final. So I think that's their first barrier. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the bottom line for this one is that, you know, he's got stank on him from last year. He's never been an overly attractive player. Hey, uh, I saw that uh, that footage of him in the gymnasium when he was, what was he doing, the, the leg lift? Yeah. The hammies? Yeah, he's is it a damn he's, good hammies. I wouldn't say he's an unattractive guy. <laughs> no one would say it's, that. <laughs> it's true. Unattractive from right, a fantasy right. perspective. Uh, you look at your team and you go, oh, Dylan Shield. But, you know, because of that, you might actually get him as your M6 or M7, which would yeah, be, be pretty handy. Yep. You can set your uh, watch to that hair, can't you, Stato? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to continue with the. Was they were they positive vibes? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Continue yeah. with the positive vibes. Uh, I'm okay with Nick Haynes uh. in 2022 uh, because this is a super coach pick. And oh, look, okay. we haven't we haven't bowed down to our uh, overlords, our Murdoch overlords, much this this off season. We've generally tried to toe the uh, we're not shit blokes line. Uh, I'm, I'm dipping in, dipping my toes in those waters now. Jordan to go, he's back training. <laughs> Just got that stank washing over me. Like everything's about to turn to shit. I'm okay with it. Anyway, <laughs> Nick Haynes, uh, by average, was the D66 in AFL Fantasy, the D69, if you don't hey. mind, Supercoach, nice. uh, which hey. is his preferred format. Uh, preferred position, too, from what I've heard. Oh, Jesus. Wow. I don't know that. Too far? Uh, too too soon. soon. You went absolute weight. I heard it. You cut the, the hair might suggest cut- that. Who knows? <laughs> 70 AFL fantasy average and 76 super coach. So it wasn't really a great uh, season. He did really benefit from the Corona ball season. He led the lead- league in marks, basically averaged the same amount of marks this season, which dropped him back to 11th in the league, which is still pretty damn good. Uh, he did have an injury game. Post by his averages were 80 and 89 super coach. So that's really back to that D2-ish level in Supercoach. So basically going from unranked to sort of a fringe D2. I kind of like that. Uh, The best splits he had were without Taylor and with Davis. So that's kind of the problem is Taylor's really starting to emerge as as an absolute quality defender, uh, a real uh, quality interceptor. The thing is, I'm not sure how much longer Davis has left. 
All right, so if if Davis, again, struggles with injury, Taylor maybe has to play more lockdown, uh, can't take as many intercepts. I'm hoping that's going to continue to free up Nick Haynes. Again, because we're talking about so many different shifts in the way the game was played, it's hard to get a quality sample size. When they all played together, Haynes was still fine. He still had tons. He was still a... Uh, he still takes a lot of marks, and he kicks the ball, obviously, being a defender a lot. So he's going to be free in drafts. Really, that, that, that's where he'll be. He'll be free. So he, he might be a great uh, stream in your AFL fantasy format. But in Supercoach, he's absolutely a guy I'm completely fine with picking up in round 18, 19 if I need a fifth defender. Yeah, I, in AFL fantasy, I'd probably see it a bit different. Uh, I think he's a barely 70 guy. I think I had him in the keeper last year, uh, picked him up halfway through the year, and it was just awful looking in his name in my defence. Because you, you'll know he'll go okay, and that's the difference between super coach. Your, def, your key defenders or your, or your tall uh, key position players are generally going to be a little bit more stable in their scoring. Well, I mean, they can be erratic, but he obviously with the intercept possessions, that's that's the, the model. I'm not saying you draft him in AFL Fantasy, of course not. No. I'm just saying he might be a guy you pick up from week to week yeah. if, if some of your guys are missing. And that I think that's completely fine. But in Supercoach, I'm really happy drafting him in round 18. Yeah, and of course he's going to be a magnificent player against your, your Collingwood and your Richmond types who give up some points. Mate, if he could play against GWS, that'd be just the yeah. the absolute nut situation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Sato, who's your next guy? Well, I'm high on this guy, and um, I know he's 27, and he's only shown us glimpses of his talent. But finally, his team looks like they've got a midfield that can do the job. And I'm talking about Jack Martin. So their midfield no longer needs Dow, Kennedy and co to fill in because they've got Walsh, they've got Cripps, they've got Chera, they've got Hewitt and even Kerno and co for a bit of support. So finally, that midfield will give their forwards a chance. So this year, I'm thinking Jack Martin could finally, in the first time in his career, actually play in a decent team, in a team that could potentially, and I'm talking about the lower end, playing in a team that could possibly pay finals. So I expect that at 27, we'll finally not say this guy's got some talent and some potential, but we'll actually see him in AFL Fantasy having a banner year. I'm unsure what that ceiling's like. We've seen him do 80s a, a few times, but potentially you're talking your high 80s, your, your low 90s. And I think because of his checkered history with his uh, scoring and unfortunately how poor some parts of Colling, um, Carlton were last year, that he's probably going to be around round 15 that you're going to be able to get him. So Jack Martin... I'm high. Well, uh, I'm high on him. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's a good yeah. save. Steve, you've always been a fan of Jack Martin, haven't oh, you? You love the talent. It just like He hasn't put it together. Yep. And you know what's going to happen the year you don't draft Correct. Lockie Neal 2020. <laughs> <That's absolutely laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Is that, uh, 
the guy in the fight on the front lawn of the Simpsons. That guy oh, hasn't the, done anything yeah, yeah, yet. Forgive yeah. Us, please. Yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, I don't know. I kind of actually see him going undrafted in a lot of the leagues, to be honest. Like, he was pretty ordinary last year, and I agree that Carlton are going to be better. But is the role going to change enough for him to 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 up his game by more than a kick and a mark? A game, he, you know? he need probably not. Well, it's not about role changing, mate. It's it's all about him having a healthy body, be able to do what he can do, and the fact that you're going to have a midfield that can provide them opportunities. I still think it's a little bit role dependent, but. I think when you get into that range with the forwards, it's completely fine punting, mm. like taking a punt on Jack Martin. Like that, that's Absolutely. the reality of it. Is other yeah. people are going to be drafting, say Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron and and key forwards who pr- probably don't have much pop in them. If things break Martin's way, he can find his way into that probably high end D two. I'd say Stoddard would be yep. pretty fair. I'd say. Yeah, and I think you're getting him for um, you're getting a F two for an F four. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's value. No, ab- hey, if you can find an every week starter in your forward line that late, it, it goes a long way to winning. I shouldn't say winning, but making a push for a fantasy flag. Yep, absolutely. Who you got, Cam? Um, I, I disagree. One, uh, I disagree more. Well, that was quick. Um, is actually Jack Martin. <laughs> I'm going to talk about why he's not relevant. No, uh, this is where <laughs> you're wrong, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> this is here are the exact reasons why you fucked up. Uh, it's probably more for AFL fantasy than Supercoach because he he's been you know pretty relevant in Supercoach for the last couple of years anyway. Um, but it's uh, Nick Vloston. Uh, I think he, especially in AFL fantasy, someone who um, you could consider late in drafts. The, the knock on him has really been that he's been quite inconsistent as a fantasy scorer. And then last year he missed a bunch of games through injury. It, it kind of complicated things a little bit further. But there's a couple of stats that have me a little bit excited um, to want to grab him in that D5 region, which um, is probably about where you're looking based on his average anyway. Uh, he was 12 points per game better off when he played without Basher Hooley. So he actually did see a bit of an uptick there. Um, and in the last three games of the year, also without Hooley, uh, he averaged 101 AFL fantasy points with a floor of 80. So that included a score of 129 and another of 95 as well. So pr- pretty pretty good numbers there uh, from them. They, uh, they weren't exactly playing very good footy, but he was back to intercepting. Um, the challenge, or the opportunity rather, is that they've recruited Robbie Tarrant into that defensive structure and so he'll take one of the key forwards every week which should free Vloston up he he at times last year got caught playing as a um, man-on-man type defender which really didn't play into his strengths at all and that was through necessity with various injuries in that back line but he still managed to be the 19th best intercepting player in the game so like he's got the he's got the chops he just didn't get much of the um, much of the opportunity. So for me, I think there's enough upside there, and as long as you're sort of prepared to supplement with waiver picks when he gets injured. It's interesting with Boston. Um, I, I rate him highly this year. I actually ranked him at 24 in the defenders. So we're yeah. talking a, 
I'm putting him as a D3, and I don't think in AFL fantasy he's ever been anything better than a D4. Um, so, and, and predominantly probably a D5. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. We're both high on him and he will go late. He's going to go super late. Oh, I think we're going to ruin him because I've also got him pretty high. And if you're, if, if the long time listeners, not you, not you fly by nighters who come in, uh, no. Nah. <laughs> Around <laughs> Invasion Day, who we don't want. Last minute is... We don't I was want waiting you. for the, that, the, the the weekly shade on new listeners. It hadn't been <laughs> yet, but I was getting a little bit antsy about when it was going. If I can roll in here. Taking out tips. Oh, you didn't talk about Luke Ryan three weeks after the fucking pod came out. We see you. We see you. That was... He was, no dioramas yeah, in that yeah. group. That, well, not, well, you'd hate to see it, wouldn't you, Cam? You'd hate to rock up yeah. on draft day and go, ah, oh, he's picking lunch meat. And they go, who's that? <laughs> you go, Have you missed our long time bit? Uh, you'd Where hate we... to see it. Anyway, you fucking fly by nice. Anyway, the real fans, <laughs> the real people who we care about. Six years. Like our, like our family. Uh, well, remember, uh, Costa, our league mate Costa was, uh, on the show doing Black Bookers, and he was a Richmond truther, by the way. And he was like, get Vlosten. Vlosten's going to blow it up. So we're all in. We're chips in on Vlosten. Could maybe even pick him in off brand. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Does get injured a lot. Ah. Yeah. That harms a little bit. Well, Steve, you come with the last one. So we're going hard (laughs) on Joel Selwood, and he is an avoid. (laughs) Avoid Joel Selwood. If you drafted Joel Selwood, he was a great pick. He was... He was an absolutely fantastic pick last year because you got him in like round 20 because no one wanted him. He was coming off a shit season. Averaged 87 AFL fantasy and 100 super coach. And this is the thing. Everything broke right for him last year. Like nothing could have gone better for him. And he was... And look, 87 AFL fantasy and 100 super coach. That's, that's, that's really... That's fine, right? If you draft him in round 20, he was what? An M... Three in super coach and an M four five in in AFL fantasy. So he provided you a lot of value, and he played. I think he only missed one game. Wow. Attended seventy five percent of the CBAs for Geelong, which was their highest for any midfielder. The thing is, Danger missed half the year. Duncan missed half the year. It's just everything fell his way, and he was basically replaceable. Like. Uh, when you break it down at a stats level, those things aren't all going to go his way again. I just remember having him last year and I kept waiting for that moment where I could trade him and then someone got injured and I was like, well, fuck, he's going to continue to be fine, isn't he? And he and he was. He was fine. He played good footy. So I, I just don't see it. It, it. His age with the, the track record with the body, the guys coming back, that market share is going to go down as good as he was last year, and as good as he's been over his career, he's not a fraud. He's an absolute champion of the game. Uh, I, I can't get around him next year, and he is just a complete avoid for me. Yeah, I'm on board with you. I actually ranked him at 78 in the midfielders. Yeah, I, I would go even a step further, and this is probably as you know, hot take on a Cats player that I'll get, but I actually don't think his best 20 going to compete this year. Yeah. Um, but that, and from really good point on Paddy D being out for you know so long last year. 
17.9 points to the better Selwood was when he played without danger. It's stark. Un- unfathomable. It is quite unfathomable. What a word. Uh, yeah. Take that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just think there's a there's a less upside with there's Selwood no upside and, that that's the that, and, and that's that, really the the point is there is zero upside exactly if everything yeah. went your way that could possibly go your way and that's what, and and what he put out was fine like let's not let's not take away from that 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 can't yep. get better you've been praying for this yep. for six years it's <laughs> over <laughs> it's over. Anyway, uh, the great man, Joel Selwood. We ask questions on Facebook. This is, I've sold out, Stato. I've sold out. Sold my soul. I'm on Facebook. We ask the questions on Facebook this week. The listening oh, wow. questions. Uh-oh. So we're on Zuckerbook. Uh, Darcy Bald asks, thoughts on Bramble? Where do you see him going and what does he average? Where does he play? Uh, they've got about a billion defenders now. They had to you know, plug so many gaps yeah. last year, and they all played too really many. well. So, I, I, yeah, too many. And Bramble was one of those. So there's a, a chance he doesn't even fit in that back six. And if he doesn't, then he has to probably float forward. Um, so I'd, I'd be hesitant drafting him based on that and just kind of watching preseason to see where he plays. I ranked him at 57 and Jarman Impey at 58. And yeah, Whoa. so I, that f- feels harsh on him. Yeah, maybe. well, he's got some potential, but he's also got, got some injury risk, as as we all know. Um, yeah, look, it's it's really interesting. We can't wait to see preseason, and, and that'll change the rankings dramatically once we get an understanding of what their defensive setup's going to be. Because uh, is Will Day going to be on the wing, or is he going to actually be on the half back? You got Jass as well, who looks like he's going to be a sensational attacking defender. So the, the prime aim would actually to be have him on a halfback flank. Um, so they've got so many good ones. Uh, unsure what the model is. That's why I got Bramble so low. But he can score. But he might be one of these people when they've got everyone available that struggles to get in the 22, even though he is a good player. But we also know what Sam Mitchell was talking about in the off-season. He wants to back the kids in. So I would look at Bramble as being a kid. Yeah, fair enough. And probably to the the point, uh, when we asked the question out, a lot of people went uh, maybe the younger breakout type model. We're, we're sort of maybe talking the veteran model. Yep. It, it, and that's fine. They're all in the same boat. Yeah. Uh, we were just sort of talking about veterans who we might like. Tobias asks, given this year's crop and position changes, what's more valuable should you secure first in 2022 draft leagues, forwards or defenders? I think there's a few different schools of thought on this. I'll be interested in both your takes on that. You go, Cam. What do you what do you got? I'll go forwards. Uh, there's a, there's a couple of forwards that you could easily take in the first round. Uh, whereas there's probably one defender that I'd feel comfortable with at the back end of the first round, but uh, even then, probably stretching. There, so Taranto and Duncan, I, I think you could probably take and feel pretty comfortable with in the late. First and round. seeing you've got uh, my rankings, I've got Andrew Brayshaw at eleven. So that means there's ten gun midfielders a- ahead of him. Um, I'm, I'm not going mm. across position. Uh, if Ooh. if I had um, say pick nine or ten, there is the because you're going to have the loop back. 
I could potentially yeah. go a Grundy if he was still there. But I, I look at those forward line and you've got uh, Mitch Duncan, injury, Josh Dunkey, uh, Dunkley, roll, Tim Taranto, roll, Jordan Goey jail, still side bottom, <laughs> still side bottom um, injury, uh, Adam Trelaw, injury, uh, Chad Wingard, uh, roll, uh, Dustin Martin hasn't been the same for three years. So you look at all those, they're, they're sort of the top ranked guys, and I'm looking at them going, they've all got risk. Um, so I think I'm going Sam Walsh before I consider any of those forwards. Yeah, I, I love backing in the mids. If I was to choose between defenders and forwards, I'm actually, I, I think that the, sec, the the word on the street, Ooh, guys, the word on the street the is to, to pick the forwards. I'm actually pivoting. I, I'll, I've sort of, I've said all off season that I think it's a pick your flavor draft, and I still believe that. If I had to choose between defenders or forwards, gun to the head, I'm choosing a defender. And I love me getting some Jake Lloyd, Lockie Whitfield, because I, I can back in someone else to fill in the foot. Those early forwards, aside from Torano for mine, have so many question marks. Mm, like, I th- yeah, okay. You're like what? Quimby. Go. You're a flip-flopper. Well, I'm not. Fl- yeah. Are you talking about me Steve? or Steve? He's flip-flopper. I'm not a flip-flopper at all. He's a flip-flop. I'm a fence-sitter, if anything. Um, but I've always been on the... I think it's a pick-your-flavour drive. I agreed. I thought you were going to say you've always been on the fence. I was like, that's about, about fair, to be honest. Ain't no lies detected there. Daniel on Facebook asks, where does Jack Billings go in the draft? Could he regain forward status if you play in one of those fraudulent position change leagues? Yes, for the better leagues, he'll get uh, forward status at round six. <laughs> <laughs> Where does he go in drafts, though? Late, because he's a mid-only. His average wasn't high, so he yeah, he's late. He's one fifty. We did. There was a, there was a uh, a point last year where he actually moved from the wing forward and and played predominantly forward, and he scored not yep. well, not well. So it's a you know even if you draft him thinking he's going to get dual position, he still may yeah, not be great. You, you've got to draft him as a mid. You can't guarantee positional change. Yep. yep. Mike, yeah, you never, ever, listeners, never, ever draft with position change in mind. Yep. Bad, bad strat. Uh, Michael asks, he asks us a bunch of questions, so we'll go one by one. What are your thoughts on him? Lockie Hunter. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I don't think I've ranked him. <laughs> Shit, where's Lockie Hunter? There you go. There you go, Freaking Michael Stato. Hot, unranked. Hot yes. I need to change Actually, my so ranking. Lockie Hunter, Lockie Hunter would be a prime candidate for the show we just recorded. Yeah, he absolutely. Actually. There's there's one guy on his list that I'm like, yeah, this guy is. I'm yep. pretty keen on. Anyway, you don't know uh, Jacob Hopper. Yeah, you're hot. You're hot. Um, I, I'm. I don't know. Who me? Yeah, I'm not hot. I'm not hot. You're not hot. He's fine. Man's not hot. He's fine. I just wrote him up for the kit. Listeners, the draft kit, we're almost done. It's right around the corner. Um, all right, ja- Jacob Hopper. The problem with Jacob Hopper is he can't get much outside ball because there's so many good outside ball winners. He doesn't tackle. He needs to tackle more. He's still only 24. Doesn't it feel like he's been the same player for a decade? 
Yeah. About to turn 25. Yeah. Is he, he mid-only? There's a chance he pops, Steve. Yeah, he's mid-only. Is there a chance he pops? I haven't banked it in. Oh, yeah, okay. Unlikely with all the talent around. Would you I've say? Just, I think he I've got just the Jag status, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, he did. He did get the Jag I just status. ranked him very low. Uh, Scott Pendlebury. He could have qualified for this show. It's yeah. a good question. Yeah. Pendles, he's going like way late. Yeah. Really late. And uh, training with the defense. I don't know if you saw that photo. A bit tasty. I saw the photo. And to me, it's like Pendles could do the whole preseason with a blindfold on at yeah. this point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I but there, I actually think there is Pendles a tasty, value. There's tasty main marks to be taken across that defensive line. There is a, you know, it could be him. Hmm. Fiorini. Wow. Uh, can someone... Can some, Speaking of a big range yeah. of outcomes. Can yeah. someone convince me that he is a... Best 22 player. I'm actually chips in. So I got him at 30. I, I've, I'd like to quote to you a reputable source, uh, you know, well-respected in the fantasy community. Reputable? Braden Fiorini. Uh, what, with regards to what he sees his opportunities looking like in 2022, I have no idea... S dot fizz. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I I took that out of context, but <laughs> I have no idea. Draft kit's coming. Well, <laughs> find insights like this and more. Well, yeah, but the Bose entries happened <laughs> since then. It's true. Yeah. So even more in. I can't get away from him. Yeah. I, he was fine when he played last year. About seven of nine games were tons, I think, Steve. It's possible. We'll have to check our source on that. <laughs> Cam's reading the kit. Yeah. Stato's just I'm, I'm trying just, uh, to find a spot for Lockie Hunter still. Yeah, Brody I am. Smith. I am. Mark I'm just about Brody Smith. Brody Smith. Brody Smith. Uh, where have I got him in the rankings? I reckon I was mid twenties. Brody Smith, twenty six. Um. Oh, yeah, he's, look, he's a really interesting... What is he now, Cam? Is he 29? Oh, 29 or 30, yeah. I'm not, not too sure. So. Yeah, it's it's just interesting. that Aren't they building a list? Um, I think he is important for them, but he's not in their next premiership team. So I'm just interested in to see if whether he fills a role or he takes a key role. So it's about... How many of these kids, so your, your peddlers and co, do you just try and give quality game time to? Which just might mean these guys still play, but they may not have the prime moving role as they're trying to teach the others the, the style they want to play to win a premiership. Uh, and Michael's last person, <laughs> still a Michael, uh, Zach Williams, what's he going to do this year? Uh, I've got him high. I've got him bouncing back. Um Cool. Yeah, no, and I think on that, and when I say bouncing back, the, between the 80 and 85 as a defender playing our defender. Ninja, yeah. Ninja asks, <laughs> Brad Hill, won't be any salary cap hype, so I imagine he'll slide into the double digits whilst being defender eligible. Hmm. Brad Hill, interesting one. Yeah, I, it was good at times. 38, 38 really I've times. got him. So, 
um, got him around that sort of D4 mark. So that's well and truly draftable. And, yes, you will get him late because he's got a bit of that stank on him, uh, hurting people when they thought he was a cheap midfielder. Mm. Australia's racist history comes back to, to Hornet. Russ, what are your thoughts on Snelling? 78 average. Was a handy forward loophole last year. Blah, 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 blah. The mids are back. Langford's getting pushed forward. No, thanks. I, I reckon he's going to be like... Remember Grind Myers in 2020? How can we forget? Super good. Yeah. Well, how could you forget? He was excellent as a small forward. Averaged about 80, so really similar to Snelling. Then fell back to earth to a 60. I think it's going to be similar. Yeah. And, and I think there might be times where he's struggling to be in their best 22. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Matty Faz, our writer, Matty Faz, pumping out articles. Just uh, stop playing disc golf and asking questions. Matt, write another article. Jesus. Fuck uh, if his body, <laughs> If his body is ready, I'm targeting Hayden Young hard. I'm not sure who Hayden Young hard is, but <laughs> Hayden Young. Yeah, Stato, you love you love a bit of Hayden Young. Uh, Had a good flash at the end of the year. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, he's already injured. Already missed a month of training. I'm, I'm low on Young. Um, uh, I'm I'll, I'll be chips in next year, I reckon. So he's got an interrupted preseason. He's still learning, developing, and still getting his body right for the level. Uh, so next year, I'm the goal for him. I have him ranked at forty three. You have him 43 this year? Yeah. Frio asks, thoughts on what we should do with Barry just right off 2021? There are more questions, so I'll stop it just there. Barry. Yeah, I just there's just too I, many. Too many mouths to feed. You'd be a very good player if you had the opportunities. Just the opportunities aren't there. The, the thing with him, though, is I, I think he's similar to Jacob yeah. Hopper. Where he, he he'll have a pretty low ceiling. Give me that great Western Victorian. Any read on the Carlton defence? Apparently not. Doc article came out this week oh, yeah. uh, saying there's no timeline on his oh, return. Okay. Uh, so, which is a bit unfortunate. Hopefully, he gets well soon. But um, yeah, I, I think Newman. You know, it, it certainly can't be bad times for Newman. Yeah. Nick Dacos and JH. The franchise draftable this year. Yes. Really? Yes. With mid only? Yes. You think? Yes. No. Yes. In keeper leagues, yeah. No, no. no. I'm not talking keeper leagues. In, re- redraft. in redraft, I think he is. I think it's very, very late. But again, you, you don't do it for this reason. But uh, I think he'll get the forward eligibility as well. Who, which one? Both? Uh, Either. I, I think, uh, so Dacos, did they talk about as well? Back? Yeah. Potentially? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, what spot is there for him back? That's a fucking great thing about that photo is like, I looked at Collingwood's back line, it was like, Moore, Maynard, Howe, Chris, like, Chris Quainor. I'm like, man, that's a that's a decent backline, right? Yeah. Well, are you turn coding yeah. again? The challenge you is flopping that... again from the Suns back to Collingwood. If if I'm going anywhere, it's to Frio, but I can't get into the state. Right. <laughs> they are. Yes, you've got those players in the backline, but how many of them can be on the park at once 
there's so many that get injured, right? So more miss oh, like half oh. a season. How? And you already said Pendles oh. is in the guts. Yeah. yeah. There's Dave Spot. He's he's rotating. It's it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. I can't take any of those guys. And Nick Haynes cooked in DT at this point, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, we yeah, yeah we kind of talk about Haynes. Uh, Nick Caulfield just a jag. I think so. Wow. I think so. But his his role was more defensive last year. That was the change from his fantasy output. The the concern though is that. Jimmy Webster went past him. No, no, no. They were just playing different roles. Yeah. No, they were just playing different roles. Jimmy Webster was in the got put in the team and Nick Caulfield played in the VFL. It's a, it's a it was scary it's times. It's not past him. It's, it's just form. Don't worry about that. Just, I, yeah, change of coach. It wasn't good. Yeah. Didn't work for him. Yep. Agreed. Uh Pack and Sand. Don't normally draft Richmond players, but with the changing of the guard, are any of Collier Dawkins, the lesser Dow, the real Tom Brown, or Gibkiss worth a look for keeper? And Sonsi. 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 Sonsi is a good Eastern Rangers boy from the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Sonsi, uh, he'll take a couple of years to develop Sonsi, but he's got a bit of go in him. But they've got a very few similar type players. To me, Thompson Dow, as I've said on the pod before, Forum keen. Tom Brown, if he gets a game, is just going to be a stop at defender. Um, I'm really interested with their midfield because they need a change. So the, the potential mm. one is for Jack Graham to get some genuine mid time. Uh, and as forward eligibility, um, I think he's a chance to jump up the rankings. Collier Dawkins, um, yeah, it's an interesting one because it took him so long to break in. Uh, had a couple of good games, but uh, I wonder if the tank's still an issue for him. So so let me... This blew my mind anyway. Collier Dawkins is older than Jack Ross. Yeah. That, that to me, was sort of telling where he sits in the pedigree, right? Because Jack Ross is struggling to get a game, but has played significantly more than Collier oh, I, I think there's two things. I think Collier Dawkins has got some really unique talent. So he's got potential talent but hasn't got the athletic capabilities to play at the the level full-time yet. Yeah, um, and, and I think the, the young fella you're talking about has got a tank to die for, Jack Ross. Yeah, he, I, I would suggest he's going to be the one who takes... Him and Graham are the two that will take a step up, but only one of them has dual position. Yeah, and Thompson Dow will be the other. Yep. Now, I, I don't know what level of points he can get to, but I think he's one that's going to become a regular this year. And just on the Richmond team, I don't know why, but i got a good feeling about down Prestia this year. Anyway, Odin <gasps> talks about Sam Pepper. He feels he can go 90 this year. Surely he means driving his car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't see it. He, he, he's had so much talent for so long, but just can't seem to get in there. And Will, Willem Drew went past him as well. Like, it could change in an off-season and a, a you know, pre-season again, but kind of... Tried to move, it. didn't happen. There's only two ways that go. That means that's potentially the end or he'll spur himself and do all the things he needs to do and have a breakout year. 
Yeah, it's the end from Stato right there. Zach asks, serious thoughts on Finlay McRae. Could just be the name, but I'm bullish on a second-year breakout from him. His PPM is very impressive. Yeah, it's a watch. We we don't know really what's happening with Collingwood, new coach. They're going to be a completely different system. Are they going to be the best defensive side in the competition and not low allow uh, points from their forward line as they've been doing for donkey's years? Who knows? So we need to see pre-season for Collingwood. Frio asks, who's winning the Super Bowl? Cam, big NFL fan over there. You know who won the Fizz Bowl? That was me. The NFL Listener League. I'm just not sure anyone's heard that Hasn't ha- story. Haven't heard it yet. I won. <laughs> no. I beat Mrs. Fizz. Who? That's fine. If you, if you if you want to know that- the reason why we've only got three listeners, you just found the reason just then. <laughs> I'm I'm one of those listeners. I mention it. Go, I'm just uh, I'm just. Is it the Atlanta Falcons and the Denver Broncos? Atlanta Falcons. And the Denver Broncos. Yeah, neither of those teams are in. <laughs> okay, cool. I don't know. Fuck, Jesus Christ. Yeah, don't know. Halftime show, though. Dr. Dre, Snoop oh, Dogg, right? and Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. Jesus. There you go. Get your gin and juice on, people. Uh, gin and juice. I don't know. Let's go for Cincinnati. They're not going to win it, but Cin- fuck it. Let's go for Cin- them. Nat- yeah, that's right. Uh, Jared Hext asks... My double-digit addiction has always been good personality. Tom Lynch won't be the same without... Well, he's still in the league, Jared. You can draft him. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> the, the Bryce Gibbs of last year. Yeah, well, mm. <laughs> Jonty, mm. is Burn Jones worth reaching at D3? Who? Darcy Burn Jones. No, it's another interesting one. They've got 16 halfback flankers at the moment. It's like they'd taken over the Western Bulldogs list of four years ago. D- D4 sounds about right. D3 feels a bit Yeah. Early. And where to draft the rookies you like? Dacos, JHF, Hobbs, Ward, Sin, not to mention blokes like Lockie Jones and Pedler. Uh, I would avoid the majority of the rookies except for the, the two big ones that are actually going to play a fair bit of action. But they're just, their leagues you're talking that have got 12 players and have got full lists of 30. That, that's when you're sort of getting to those guys. But the reality is guys like Sin, um, they're not for redraft, they're for keepers and dynasties. What about Erasmus, Stato? He's a keeper watch. There's... there's I tell you what, there's Frio. We're all talking about mid-spots availability. But when you think of um, Valente hasn't had a shot, you've got O'Driscoll as well, who they rate extremely highly. Um, and there's two uh, brand-new kids they brought in, so Erasmus and, and Johnson as well. So we're, we're, Johnson's injured, I think. Is he? But uh, you're talking that midfield in the next two to three years is going to be chock-a-block and too many mouths to feed. That's where we're going to end up. So it's it's an interesting place for, for Fremantle, and I'm loving their list build. So they've even now got what I would consider some really good key forward, up-and-coming key forwards. That, like writing their, their, the team up in the draft kit, They've got no one 
between like 23 and 28. It's like Aish acres. Like Luke Ryan's there, but yeah. it's it's a real journeyman. Did, did you guys forget about Luke Ryan? Oh, Shut up. How can you 17. not? <laughs> Luke. Uh, Declan, how high do Sarong, Raul, and Dacos go? New keeper league. Sarong, Raul, and... Da- da- I assume it's Nick Dacos. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Sarong, very high. Um, it'll be in the kit. It'll be released. So Cam and I have a uh, a redraft versus keeper draft um, set up there. Um, Sarong will be very high. Um, and what you need to do, and I, I don't think Dacos, uh, even though he's potentially going to be a very good player, he's not probably in your top 20 when you're doing a starter keeper. Because you've got to remember a starter keeper. Would you be knocking back Jack Steele and going... Nick Dacos? No, you go Jack Steele. So you've got all the quality players that have still got three, four, five, six years left in their career. You go them first. Geez, uh, uh, spoiler alert, Stato. Are you sure Sarong's going to make it into your list? Uh, no, he, he will. Uh, I, there's a couple uh, down that back end that needs to, to change. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. one. There's two. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Did, did yeah. you know that if you win your Keeper League, uh, the first year of the Keeper League, it, it still counts as a win? It's, it's yeah. still fine. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know. Jo- what Joel, I, what Joel I love, Sullivan, so... Right? We, <laughs> we, we started a Keeper League, I think it's two years ago now, right? And, you know, draft went fine, $50 buy-in each year. And these guys plan for like four years ahead. And I'm like, so you're just donating 200 bucks. I like, you know what I like, Cam, is the Empire League setup. Go on. So an Empire League, so the problem is, I shouldn't say problem. The thing about Keeper Leagues is they are infinite, right? Empire Leagues end when someone wins two years in a row. Half your buy half your buy in goes to the winner of the year or whatever prize setup you want to have for that that single season keeper. Half goes to the person who actually is the Empire, you know, who takes it out two years in a row. I you can't if you win it if you win it, you can't trade the next year. So I, that's the wow. I, I I can't play a competition like that. I don't want to start up a new comp every second year. Hardy ha. <laughs> oh. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, make sure to check out the article for Manny Faz's, oh, the website for Manny Faz's articles, which we'll be dropping every week. There you go, Matt. There's the, the rocket. Well done, mate.